Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You said that people have perceptions of you. What do they say? The guy never smiles. The guy is ruthless. And what's the truth? The truth is that there is some truth on it. <laughs> Nothing can replace a feeling of playing football at this level. The team is the engine of the club. We've got an amazing squad here. Oh, leave it out. <laughs> it's only the second time that I get a job in mid-season. I've never seen someone covered. Swear Instagram. Oh my god! Oh, Jose Mourinho. <laughs> Pain. If you make a lot of noise, I give one more day off. What happened to us this season is impossible. Another injury. It's the last thing Spurs need right now. How do we do that? Tottenham are out. We are on shutdown. Coronavirus has led to the cancellation of all football. Well, the team are good guys. But good guys, they never win. Play aggressive. How is that right? Play, please. And believe that you can win. Courage. Honesty. Friendship. That's the most important thing in life and in football. Hello and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you very much for joining us. I know we've been joined by quite a huge audience at the moment. So again, thank you for taking the time out to listen to The Last Word on Spurs. We are here providing you with instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur's final pre-season game against Watford, which ended in a defeat, it did unfortunately, and we're going to be looking back at the game, dissecting it, and then really looking ahead to the start of next season, which sounds crazy because we're under seven days away, and that can be quite frightening for some. Transfer window is still open. I know many people still feel there's a lot of business to be done, but before we discuss all of that to come, delighted to have back on this show with me, Mr. Lee McQueen is here. Lee, how are you? Very well, thanks Rick. Good to be back on. Hope the listeners are all well. A big shout out to Steph and uh, his little girl Izzy. 
she's just gone back to uh, to school, I think, in, to big school this week. Um, so I know they're avid listeners of, uh, of of all the epic content that we've been putting out over the last what. I think I think it's just constant, isn't it? Rick? So no, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much, everybody, yeah, for listening. Oh, I love it, mate. Yeah, no, it has been quite incredible. We don't have to make a quick reference to this. Last word on Spurs. We're sitting with you right now. Uh, we are third in the sports charts for podcasts. Third. Uh, quite incredible. I think 11 globally worldwide. So, I mean, that just tells you the impact you guys are having in terms of giving us the coverage, listening to us every week, leaving us some positive reviews. Thank you ever so much again from all the bottom of our hearts. Listen, we love doing the show and I hope you just enjoy listening as much as we love doing them. So, yeah, thank you ever so much. Well, delighted to have this man back on our show and as you know, he was a regular, the Danny Rose of the show. We're trying to get him back all the time, aren't we? Trying to get him back. <laughs> trying to get him man. back. Trying to get him back. But, you know, like <laughs> Danny on. Rose, does what he wants. Jason McGovern's here. Jace, how are you? Yep, I'm ready to joust with Lee's positivity and take you boys back to number 78 in the charts. That's what oh I'm, I'm about to do today. There you go. All that hard work over the last well, three if four we, months. Well, if we're, we're reviewing the game today, mate. There's not much positivity to be going it about. It seems to be, be the perfect Saturday for me to come back on. What do you think? Yeah, lovely job. Here we go, boys. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I mean, to ask us to pay a fiver to watch that game, I think that was an absolute cheek from Watford. We can't blame Tottenham for that one because Watford were the ones charging us. So there you go. Watford charging us a fiver over here in the UK to have to watch that game. And we're here dissecting it for you for absolutely free. So there you go. Free therapy. That's what we provide on the last word on Spurs. Jace, I'm going to start with you. So we finished pre-season with a disappointing 2-1 defeat to the recently relegated championship side Watford. With just eight days until Jose Mourinho begins his first full campaign at Tottenham at home to Everton. We saw goals from Andre Gray and Domingo Quina give Watford a half-time lead with a late Hummin Song penalty not enough to avoid pre-season our first defeat. Give us your thoughts, Jace, on the back of that game, dare I ask. Well, I think it would be a, a, a bit too early to start panicking about Premier League things because obviously so many players not there that, that you would think would start certainly start the Everton game or, or a normal Premier League game. But a little bit of concern that that's the type of side we'll be putting out for Carabao Cup ties and, and those early Europa League games. And certainly if we go to Plovdiv, and perform like that, then we'll be out of the Europa League before it's even started. So, you know, we, we can't expect Canes and, and Tobies to play every single game. So you actually look at what's behind them in that squad and you start to see there's there's actually some some big gaps that we still need to plug. And, you know, I'm delighted Matt Doherty has, has joined. But just as we talk about one striker is not enough for a campaign, one right back, one left back, one holding midfield player, that's not enough for a campaign either. So I think it highlights there's still uh, still quite a bit of work to do. And it, it highlights that whilst there's some promising young players there, it's perhaps a little bit too early to expect them to, to be standing up and, and playing real men's football. Before I come round to Lee, I'm going to give a flavour of some of the listener questions we've had in. A lot of statements that have come in. Thank you so much. I think over 40 questions we've had in on the back of this game. This is from Crankyar at Ballon d'Or at Justice Alex Coy, who says... Poor performance from all, to be honest. Looking particularly ropey at the back. My question is, how can we try and sanction a deal for Lamella and Bale swap? I mean, I know Lee McQueen would love that one, but I can't quite see Real Madrid taking Lamella off our hands anytime soon. Spursy at Spurs at 10 says, can't read too much into it. Some individual poor performances, but yes, it is pre-season. I think it's very important on this show that we do get this balance right, that this is a pre-season game. And, you know, a lot of those players that played in that first half actually never even kicked the ball so far in this preseason. So I think it's really important to keep a sense of balance. 
Mark Butcher on the back of that says, why do fans always overreact over a pre-season friendly? It's embarrassing. Next weekend is where it matters. The future is bright, says, should we be worried? Or is it just a second string team in a friendly, which means absolutely now? Well, let's ask Lee McQueen because Lee... Not too much to take from that. I mean, Lamella, probably by far our brightest player. White did quite well. Clark, we saw a few bits in the second half. Let's just hope they're doing double sessions all next week, Lee, in the build-up to Everton. What did you make of that game? Yeah, some really good points. I mean, to be fair, Real Madrid did take Juan de Ramos uh, from us, didn't they? Uh, after <laughs> eight sure. games, yeah. two points on the board. Yeah, and, and they did take him off us, to be fair, uh, in some shape or form. But no, I mean, I mean, jokes aside, just boring, wasn't it? I mean, there was no desire. There was no intensity in our game. I think that, you know, for all of us that have watched, you know, the first three episodes, um, you know, you, you can see Jose in the dressing room, um, you know, talking about, you know, intensity and, you know, starting fast and pushing up the pitch and attacking and whatever. And I just didn't see that. I, I saw today, uh, you know, a side that was was playing a friendly, to be honest. And, you know, so what was the positives out of it? The positives were that, Exactly what you just said. There were some players there that got minutes that hadn't had any minutes for ages. Davinson hadn't played before. Um, you know, uh, uh, Tunga and Bella hadn't played uh, and, and got any minutes before. Um, you know, and some of the youngsters, as Jace mentioned as well. So, you know, Clark gets on the pitch again. Serkin gets on the pitch again. You know, Harvey White played, played uh, you know, uh, in, in flutters decent. But what worries me a little bit is, you know, that we did start with Lucas and we did start with Delhi and we did start with Son and all three of them will be starting against Everton. Make, make, make no bones about it. You, know, you could say about old oh, Berg, you might come in for Lucas or whatever. But you know, seeing as Lucas Moore has been ever present under Jose, you probably would say that he's going to start. So we had some, you know, if you like, some Carabao Cup kind of Europa League type players potentially playing. But we also we did also have what was our first, you know, Serge Aurier was our first team right back last season as well, and he played the, the whole game. So he he might not even be at the club. And, and again, I, I take what Mark uh, what Mark Butcher says as well. That it's not get over overreacted. I was having a lot of banter on our private WhatsApp group saying this is an absolute load of rubbish. This is you know shocking. But you no, know, in terms of balance, it was a ninety minutes run out. We've got more ninety minutes under our belt, and and if we're honest, we were probably playing at an intensity of what. 50%. Um, but but the only other yeah. thing I just want to highlight would be the creativity side. Now, I've been banging a drum for um, for a uh, holding midfielder. We've got a holding midfielder. We've been banging a drum, haven't we, for a right back. We've got a new right back in. We've been banging a drum now hard for a new striker. Not a backup striker, by the way, another striker. Um, and, you know, I, I think that we'll get one in. Um, and, you know, potential left back, although you know, all, all the signs from Fabrizio Romano and Alistair Gold and all the reports that are, that are coming in, you know, of in the nose, we're, we're probably not in for a left back. Um, although talking about Wrigley on, um, he, you know, hijacking the deal off Man United, are going to sign him, like, going to hijack the Donny van der Beek deal. It ain't going to happen either. It didn't happen, did it? So great if we get them players in. But we haven't really talked about creative mid. I didn't really think that we needed one per se. But we really struggle, don't we, to break teams down that, you know, Watford didn't come and park the bus, don't get me wrong. They had like 29% possession. So they let us have the ball, basically. And they're well organised. They've got a, a couple of goals, you know, a clangor from Joe Hart and whatever. But, but the point being is that we couldn't break them down. Um, we struggled to break Birmingham down in pre-season, didn't we? We got, a, you know, Bergen got a last-minute winner there um, last week. So, and that's always the story of the season. And I, and I generally think if you're going to make a real challenge for the top four, the top three, or even try and challenge the, you know, the, the top two in the Premier League, you've got to go and win the games that that, that are the winnable games. Does that make sense? And, and actually, the winnable games are the ones that we 
genuinely struggle. That's fair. <laughs> you know, That's it, fair it, was yeah. like, it was like it was like Liverpool was. You know, when the season we beat Liverpool four one, and they had that kind of sliding doors moment when they realised, oh, actually, we need new defence and new goalkeeper, or whatever. That they used to, you know, they they play well against big, bigger teams or whatever, and then they go to weirdly enough to Watford. I remember the Watford game sticking out, and Klopp would lose, and it would be like, oh, you know, he's just gung ho and he needs to sort out his defence. And it just seems like that. Not that we're gung ho, but it just seems like that we struggle against the teams that are compact and 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 ready to kind of sit in, and 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 that's the bit that that worries me. And, it comes back to the whole Christian Eriksen thing, doesn't it? It's, have we replaced him? So it'd be very interesting to see what we do in, in the next four weeks. But, you know, 90 minutes, I'm never going to get that back again. It was a waste of 90 minutes of my life today. But And a fiver. But some, and a fiver, <laughs> yeah. But players did get a, a, a run out for 90 minutes, so it's in their legs. So that can only be a positive. Yeah, I mean, like we say, it is a training ground exercise. But, you know, we emphasise a point. Not a great match. Didn't create much going forward. Pretty porous at times but we are also missing half the first team it is a friendly and I suppose the good news to take out of this is Tottenham lost a pre-season match and hence we're in absolute no danger at all of starting the league season with two points from eight games so I think that's why you've got to look at it to try and look at it as a positive again some statements coming in here from listeners this is from Matt Golder at Matt Golder who says what game that wasn't a game most of our decent players are on away on international duty anyone getting upset over that game needs to get their head a wobble and stop being such little bitches so there you go not getting carried away at all Silas actually agrees with you Jace he says after that performance it's worrying although it's a friendly that is the kind of starting 11 of our group of players that are going to be probably fielding both the Europa League and Carabao Cup so Jose can't perform miracles with the proper tools at the moment that he's got in this squad so it will be interesting to see like we say if there is a requirement to really go and strengthen this team. And that's actually a question here, Jay, from Ash Reynolds, who says, is this squad depth going to be good enough for four competitions, even with two to three more signings? What's your thoughts on that, Jay? Because you did tell me before you packed your bags that you thought we needed 17 new players. <laughs> uh, will it be good enough? Well, it depends who those players that still got to come into the squad. So... You know, if, if you bring in genuine quality, if, as Lee says, if you brought in a genuine playmaker and we bring in a genuine alternative striker, not a backup, then then you go up in your chances. But, you know, when I look at that fixture list, I'm quite comfortable with it until it gets to March, April, May, which is when when you start playing quarterfinals and semifinals of FA Cups, quarterfinals and semifinals, hopefully, of Europa Leagues, and you have Premier League games with the, with Chelsea, Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool and things. So that's where it gets really hard to to start rotating players. So in your chances, everyone keeps saying, this is the season, we must win a trophy. And that, that's not a knock at, at Jose, but I look at this side or the squad at the moment, and I think when it comes to that business end of this season... This side isn't good enough to compete on two or three fronts at that stage of the season because you know your your cup quarterfinals will tend to be Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, Man City's those teams in it. Who was the semi-finals of the FA Cup this year? So you know you, you, you're probably not going to go the whole way through the FA Cup drawing Hull and Wigan and and Stockport County, are you? You're going to have to knock out one or two of the big ones, and you're going to have a week where you play, like I say, you play. Chelsea away in the league and then you'll have an FA Cup semi-final and then you'll go and play Arsenal or something like that. So, you know, is the squad good enough for that? At the moment, no. But um, hopefully in time there will be. But, you know, as I said, kind of strange, isn't it? Because if you are on that trophy, on the trophy hunt, and you know what my opinions have been on that, I think the top four is more important for the club. But if you are on that trophy hunt, 
and you look at the early months of the season, what are the two big games? Surely, if you're on the trophy hunt, the big game is Plovdiv away and whoever we get in the Carabao Cup. Because you can't take those games with with any degree of complacency because you'll be out of those competitions. We've, we've seen us lose to Colchester. We've seen us draw with Newport. We've seen us draw with Rochdale. So the warning signs are there if you don't take those competitions seriously. And, and the performance today, like I said, not worried about the Premier League, but if we performed today like we in Plovdiv, like we did today, we would be out of the Europa League straight away. One of those trophies gone. So you've got to, got to, I'm not panicking about today, but you've got to show an improvement. And Lee says, let's worry him because it was Son Delhi and Lucas Moura. And we, other than the penalty, I think there was one effort from Eric Lamella that the keeper saved. Other than that, not a lot at all. So... You know, where's the creativity to come back in the team? Is, is Winks and Sissoko really going to create you too many chances? No. So there is a, a, a concern about today's performance, for sure. I mean, Sean Royalden, Justin Coder, It's Colin, <laughs> Tyler Black. I mean, they all kind of go off the line that we definitely need to sign another striker. I think we all know the club need to sign another striker. Listen, the case that they've allowed Troy Parrott to go out on loan would indicate that Spurs are trying to sign a striker. I mean, there's so many different links out there at the moment. The latest player being linked to Tottenham. A striker is Habib Diallo. That's from Alistair Gold. Apparently Spurs are showing some interest in him. I mean, personally, I think we've always been on the advocate case on this show that we've always wanted, you know, proven Premier League strikers. And whether that's, you know, Raul Jimenez, whether that's Diego Costa, whether that's Luis Suarez, whether it's Danny Ings, who Lee is obviously really wanting to bang the drum for. I think Spurs, as we've mentioned on this show, I think it would be absolutely criminal to not bring a striker in. I would say it was criminal to not bring a striker in before the start of the season. But, you know, to leave it and risk it towards the end of the deadline, for me, that is unacceptable because that could cost us points. We've got big games coming. We've got Carabao Cup. We've got Europa League. We've got Everton next week. And I think the club have to, absolutely have to, get a striker in as soon as possible. And, of course, it's important to get the right person and the right, right profile, and I get that. But this was a priority target for Tottenham. So we will come on to the striker debate later, but let's get into the team. So ahead of this game, despite a number of key players absent on international duty, Jose Mourinho opted for a largely experienced side, notably including Tungi Ondombele, who played his first minutes of pre-season. With Hugo Lloris away from the France squad, Joe Hart was preferred to Paolo Gazaniga in the starting lineup. With youngsters Dennis Serkin and Harvey White also featuring alongside the attacking quartet of Deli Ali, Lucas Moura, Eric Lamella and Hummin Son. What did you make of that team, Lee, when it was announced? It's weird, isn't it? Because we were just talking off air before about, you know, you can look at it in a positive way, you can look at it in a negative way in terms of the, the actual this friendly itself uh, against Watford. And and actually hearing Jay say, you think, yeah, you're right, you know, this we're not we're not ready yet, you know. But but actually part of picking this team was actually to get them ready, to get them the 90 minutes under their belt. Do you see what I mean? So 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 actually, so you know. I, I wouldn't expect uh, uh, Gio um, to be starting uh, against Everton because he hasn't played a bean in pre-season. Whereas at least Tunga and Dembele, for example, now has got 45 minutes under his belt. Um, and, you know, so the other players now that are away on international duty, they're, they're, they're playing games, a couple of games that are at a competitive level. That's going to really help their uh, their, their fitness levels. Um, you know, it's, I love I love the academy players. I love the, the fact that we're um, we're playing some, some of the youngsters coming into the side. I think Sirkin... 
did okay today. Obviously, he was at fault for the penalty, but that, that, I'm not too worried about that because I think that he'll learn from that and he needs to learn from that. It's only games that gets you uh, gets you that type of experience, right? You, you can you, you can't get experience any other way than playing the games and, and going through them 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 levels. Look at Jaffet last year, for example. Um, I am I am gutted that I haven't seen Jaffet Tanganga at all in in the preseason as well. That that is a shame because I've got high hopes for him this year. Um, and, uh, you know, it was good to see Joe Hart get, you know, I think Jose's been putting Joe Hart and uh, Gazaniga in goal for like 20 minutes each. And then Hugo's been getting a half. But because Hugo's not there, because he's on international duty, uh, both of them goalkeepers respectively got a half each, which was which was nice to see. Um, and I thought Harvey White played uh, relatively well in midfield. But again, you know, are we going to start a, again, come back to, I suppose, Mark Butcher's point earlier about, you know, let's not get carried away with this friendly. Are we going to start Tungundan Bele? Um, and Harvey White in a in a Premier League game or even in a Europa League game after they either of them had pre season. Do you see what I mean? So I, I think there's a little bit of a, a full stuff there. But yeah, you know, I, I think that you know when people say oh half our squads away, yeah, granted. But you you can't tell me that Son, Belly, and Lucas aren't up for starting. I'm not saying they will start because we don't know if they, all of them will. But them three players are definitely up for starting against Everton. And that would be my worry because across the three of them, we didn't create anything. Jace, coming around to you, Spurs, we looked to be getting the game under control in that first half, but Dominguez Queen are smashing ever from distance with Joe Hart unsighted. That flew past him from 25 yards to put the host ahead. What was your thoughts on that goal, Jace? Was Joe Hart unsighted or could he have done better, in your opinion, with that opening goal for Watford? Probably more the case of he should have done better. He didn't go right in the bottom corner or something like that, did he? I think, if I remember rightly, the, the big criticism of Joe Hart when his career started to go off the rails was he was beaten too easily on his left side. I think that was the thing, particularly low down. And this was a, a decent shot from distance. Don't get me wrong. The blokes had his chance, but it was low, low, low down towards his left-hand side and he got beaten. And the ball ends up more or less going in the centre of the net. So it's a, a little bit of concern. And whilst he was, uh, I don't think he would have been unsighted for too long. And a, a goalkeeper gets his positioning right. He shouldn't be unsighted when a bloke's shooting from, from, you know, pretty much 30 yards. So I'm sure he'll be disappointed with the with the goal going in. And, you know, I think any time a goalkeeper gets beat from that far out, you're always going to look at the goalkeeper and think you perhaps should have done a little bit better. I mean, it, it didn't take a deflection. You know, I hoped when you saw it from behind the goal that it would have nicked off of somebody and you could have said, well, at least the deflection did for him. But... But it didn't. So it was a it was a type of goal Paul Robinson used to let in too many times. So, yeah, there's a, a little bit of a concern there and perhaps shows why why he's still got work to do to, to get himself back to anywhere near the levels he used to be. Lee, coming around to you on Joe Hart, to be fair to him, it was a swerving shot from Queener. And he was potentially, we have to make this point, potentially unsighted. But no keeper wants to be beaten from that kind of distance. He dived the right no. way for the penalty, but couldn't get a hand to Gray's effort. He came off at half-time. How would you analyse Joe Hart's first-half performance for Tottenham? I completely agree with Jace. And, and actually, he has got form. But wasn't it Joe Hart in goal when Bale scored? Um, that that outrageous long range was, free kick. It was him, yeah. And, and it was down yep. to his left, and it was down to his left then. So yep. you know, Jace is spot on. I think he's got form there. Um, and obviously, I've got to get Bale into this podcast at some point, right? So at least I've mentioned his name uh, at least once. Happy days. Um, but no, I mean, I think, I think, um, I think, he, he, I think it was a clanger. I'm not going to lie. I, I said that on the WhatsApp group. I think it was a clanger. He should have been. He should be saving that. Um, I actually thought I heard a noise. You know, sometimes you hear a nick. Um, it, when you're watching a cricket or whatever, you hear it, it nick off the pad or whatever. I thought he got onto it. 
Um, but like Jay, so why if I heard the noise, I thought, oh, I was taking a deflection, but it didn't take a deflection. You should, you should have saved that. You should have done better than that. Um, but you've also I got... Think the noise, I think well, the noise, Lee, was probably your screams a fraction behind. It's the noise of the ball hitting the net. That's probably the noise oh, you were. Oh, it might be, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could well have been, I tell you. Um, I mean, but you've also got to analyse, you know, how we've given that goal away in the first place. Yeah, you know, yeah. tricking back, you know, yeah. giving the ball away. You know, it's just, it's just silly mistakes. And, and I said this on the group, and I'm, I'm going to say it on the pod as well for the listeners, you know. I, I am Mr. Positive, and I always look things on a positive outlook, but you've got to eradicate the damn mistakes that Tottenham are making. You know, that's a, it's got to be down as a mistake for me, right? So that's one. The second goal is a mistake as well, giving a penalty. It's, an, it's another mistake. And you just got to eradicate. You keep doing the same things, you get the same results. And, you know, you've, you know, we've watched the first three episodes of All or Nothing and, you know, we, a lot of us, a lot of the listeners have, have already watched it. You've seen what we're trying to hammer into the players, what the coaching staff are trying to hammer into players, uh, you know, what we can see on camera which is a lot more insight than what we had before the documentary, right? So yeah, at least give me that. I know it can be manipulated. But the reality is that, you know, you're seeing some, some, some insights that you haven't seen before. And the messages are clear. You know, the, the, the clear messages are, you can stop making these mistakes, yet we're still making them. And then that goes back to the point you made with, with Jay Surley about, you know, 17 new players uh, when, when, when Jay's retired last uh, last season on the pod. But, mm. you know, is, is, is that true? Because we've got to keep people that uh, stop making mistakes. Yeah. And two mistakes again today against, you know, yeah, it's a pre-season friendly or whatever. But if I was the man, and thank goodness I'm not clearly for, for all the Spurs fans that are listening. Um, but if I, if I was a manager, I would be unhappy with that because that is, and I think I think last one on Spurs account was tweeted out earlier. Uh, avoidable mistakes, aren't they, Rick? Mm. They're and they avoidable. Are, they are. They are. I mean, this this is the problem, isn't it? I mean, what I will say again is that you know, Davison Sanchez, Cameron Carter, Vickers, the two guys that were in defence. I just wonder what you guys are thinking of them because I mean, come around to you, Jace. You know, I think Carter Vickers overall didn't do too much wrong in the first half. Made a Big late tackle in the period to stop Watford, breakthrough on goal, but was out sprinted by Gray early in the second half. What could have been a goal, but from the help of White. I mean, what's your thoughts, Jason, Cameron Carter-Vickers? He's almost run his course. Does he need to get a move now, probably away from the football club? He did all right last year at Luton, but you're talking about a player that's, that's what, been there 11, 12 years. I don't think he's, he's started a Premier League game yet, does he? And he's now... 22-23, so I think that tells you all, if it was going to happen for him, it would have happened by now, the fact that Yafet Tanganga's come in to the side before Cameron Carter-Vickers, and you know, there's, there's been other players there in, in Cameron Carter-Vickers' time, so he's, he's perhaps just playing there in, in pre-season just to have a final look at him, and, and obviously while, while others are, are on international breaks or, or can only get 60 minutes into their legs, but you know, I mean, the bit of play where Andre Gray went through in the second half summed him up for me. Lost, it was a bit of sloppy play, wasn't it? And it's cost him, cost, cost him the the chance as well. So, yeah, it's it's time to pull the plug, I think, and, and move on because there's, you know, Malecki Walcott and people like that. The, the, the queue behind him gets too much, and if you if you if you play Cameron Carter Vickers, then you don't play those in the queue behind him. And I think they they probably chances are much higher than his. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think also mentioned the point, Davidson Sanchez also, he stood off Queener, which actually allowed yeah. him to hit that rocket from distance. And, yeah. you know, he had a shot and go himself late on in the first half that was saved. Didn't do too much wrong. 
and got a 90 minutes under his under his belt, which is good for him because obviously it was his first game for Spurs in pre-season. I think that's the only biggest concern that going into the Premier League season, you know, some of our players, they haven't really had a huge amount of game time. I mean, I know we've got a lot of games to come potentially in Europe if we do get past Plodiv, but that's one thing I think to maybe be a little bit apprehensive mm. on that we haven't had much game time. And again, you know, Lee, you mentioned earlier about Danny Serkin, a player that's kind of maybe yeah. stood out for you during pre-season. But, you know, you mentioned the point that, you know, Despite being quite composed early on, when put under pressure, he was caught up the pitch making a foul as Watford broke to score their opener, then lost his composure again to give away a penalty for the host in the second half by bringing down Bashura with a really clumsy challenge. I mean, he came off at the break, but what was your thoughts on Serkin? Is he a bit too raw for you to have him in mind as a backup left back? Not, not necessarily. Like I said, I, I don't mind, you know, when, when you haven't had a huge amount of experience in the first game, I don't mind people making mistakes. That's the only way you get experience, right? You have to learn from, from them things moving forward as long as you learn, as long as you don't come and make the same mistake again and again and again. Not Dennis hasn't done that at all. One I answer, no, no, but no, you made a mistake today. It's no problem. Yeah, yeah, make make a mistake. No problem. Learn from yeah. it. Okay. I know what to do in the next time. That's, that's what it's all about. That's, that's development. And that's, coaching and that's how we can get the best out of these um, out of our academy players and, and, and all players I think what riles me the most is when you've got experienced players that are still doing it and we've talked about Serge Aurier um, loads and loads on the pod and, and I actually think he had a, a pretty he's probably played his best football under Jose um, rather than under Maurizio to, to be fair but you know when, when, when you look at um, how much experience he's got and what his age is and he still makes the same mistakes it's kind of like you know I don't think you can ever get that out of his game if, do, you, do you get what I mean so with Dennis it's different he's young he's come through the academy yep. and, and he's going to make some mistakes and that's no problem at all but you know let's not lambast him no, exactly. Uh, for, for making that mistake, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, and I think, and I think for you know that that's how you that's how you uh, learn and, that, and that's how you de- develop. I think, but just as a whole, I would like to see, and uh, I'm sure that you know people like John from Little White Rose and Chris Cowlin that we have are obviously regulars on the show that go down to the training ground. They they watch the under twenty threes. Maybe they do do extra coaching. But I want to I want to really understand like who's coaching these people. We've got Ledley King, an absolute legend, defensively legend that is going to help surely coaching that back line coaching them defenders and again if you if you look at the team which we're doing now where Dennis Serkin Davison Sanchez Cameron Carter Vickers and Serge Aurier not being funny that back four is probably not going to start another game together no, are they you wouldn't you, think you know, so. they, they might do but, yeah. but 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 typically you'll probably have a Davison and a Eric Dyer and a mm. Matt Doherty and then you might play Serkin so yeah. you've got three experienced players with a with a Dennis. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have you know two or three inexperienced players. You know, mm. so I mean, you know, I, I, let's not learn him. I think he's he's going to be a very very good talent. Yeah. I, I'd like to see um, what he can do in in terms of getting a little bit further forward and putting crosses in. I think that's the problem we've got at the moment is that is, is putting crosses in for uh, for Kane um, or Mora yeah, or for, Son. For, well, yeah. it, it, or, or, or anybody that wants yeah. to go and attack. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah. when, when, when you look at the way that Watford set up, it's very similar to the way Birmingham set up, is that all you're doing is you're just looking at, you know, f- f- uh, you know just a yellow wall in front of you. And, you know, you've got to get in, be able to get in behind or take drop a shoulder, take someone and put a ball in. But you've also got to take a risk. Play to Delhi's strengths. He he ghosts in the box like late on. 
But he was playing very deep again today as well, wasn't he? Coming to pick the ball up really yep. deep and, yep. and and almost playing a QB type, you know, quarterback type role. So not getting carried away. I'm not going to, you know, rip, rip up the script and not go to any matches and give my season ticket back off the basis of this friendly. But I'm, I'm equally, I don't think you could give know, it back, I'm, Lee, if you wanted to now, mate. I've already, I think they've already debited your account. <laughs> yeah, I think they might have, to be fair. <laughs> but, you know, but equally, I'm not going to kind no, of... Um, get too carried uh, away. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Get too carried yeah. away with it either. It's just a balance. 90 minutes under everybody's belt. And, Let's not kill Dennis uh, for, you know, a mistake no, he made. That's how you learn. Well, it's fair to say, you know, it's getting minutes into players' legs and, you know, we could be kicking off next week where players have only had one game. Let's also be fair, Everton have, Everton today only played their third pre-season friendly. Did they win, Jase? Did they win? Them. Did Everton win? Everton beat Preston 2-0 today. Yeah, there I you think go. they drew 3-3. They're, they're with... going to win the league, mate. But <laughs> well, I got a serial winner. Serial winner. Serial trophy winner. Serial trophy winner. Serial trophy winner. Another one of those. Just, they're making signings. Just they signed, are. Uh, Rodriguez just signed Alan. I mean, yeah. mate, we are we are battered next week. Oh, and, you and there about you that? go. You see, those two players won't have had a training session with. You know, they'll only have one exactly. or two yeah. training sessions with Everton before the game next Sunday. So you know, also bear that in mind in, in terms of balance. Yeah, can I ask yeah, you a question, sure. Jace? Before we go to a very quick break, just to ask you, Jace, how do you feel? Because from what we understand, the club aren't looking at the moment to bring in a left back. From what we understand, from you know, quite high up sources, how do you feel about going into next season with Ben Davis, with Ryan Sessegnon, and now Dennis Serkin? I mean, does that scream to you? That's enough to secure top four. Because to me, I'll be honest with you, that doesn't tell me or give me the confidence that this is going to be good enough you know, to really go and give the league a real push and even top four, I think that's very risky. I mean, how do you feel about that? But as I alluded to earlier, it may be enough for top four, but it won't be enough for a top four and a trophy and things like that. So, you know, Ben Davis cannot play. If, if we're to win trophies next year, win the Europa League or win the FA Cup, you're talking about playing, you know, 45, 50 games, in which case Ben Davis can't play 50 games. Simply can't. So, and like and no I say, offense you can, to Ben. No you offense can... to Ben. Ben's not good enough to. Uh, no, listen, no offense to Ben. I like. I love Ben. He's listen. He's reliable, dependable. As I've always said. But Ben, for me, you know, he should be the backup to you know, a, 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 a you know a more quality left back. Yeah. And that's no that's no disrespect didn't to Ben you? at all. He should be backup yeah. for Daniel. Yeah, but yeah, this is it. This is it. Know, what I mean is, I know people can say, well, you know. This person can play at left back, or that person can play at left back, and and that's all right for one or two games, perhaps mm. when you're at home too. Yeah. To I maybe, don't know, maybe to Cess will surprise us, Jace. Maybe Cess will surprise us, but to Hopefully me at the moment, so, he's, but... he's too raw at the moment. I think Cess. I might be wrong. I yeah. hope not. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. Hopefully so. But as I say, when you start putting square pegs in round holes yeah. in a quarter final and a semi final against. Borussia Dortmund in one competition and yeah, Manchester yeah. City in another competition. That's when square pegs in round holes gets exposed. It does. Well, listen, we've got to go for a very quick break. We're already running over time. We're going for a break. When we return, it's the Tungi Ndombele debate and also loads of your listener questions. You don't want to miss this. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this very short break. Hello and welcome back to the second half here of the last word on Spurs. We're providing you with instant reaction to Tottenham Hotspur's final pre-season friendly, which ended in a defeat up at Vicarage Road against Watford. One of those players that caught the eye for 45 minutes and probably a bit more on Twitter was Tungi Ndombele. We, well, 
He was part of a massive debate on our WhatsApp group. Backwards and forwards, me, there was John, there was Chris, all going out. Lee was in there as well. Funny, I was having a debate about Tungi on Dombele, and Lee's just dropping <laughs> in all these transfers. I'm thinking, hold on a second. I'm trying to justify why we should give this guy another season. And all Lee's going is buyings, buy him, and this. I'm thinking, I'm having two different <laughs> debates going on here. You've got to buy transfer names in. But, um, Lee, let's we come must have had a lot of listener questions Honestly. on, on Tunga as well, surely. We've got loads of listener questions on Tunga and Dombele. Um, we've got one here, actually, from him. This is from Dean Gibson, who says, I'm all for giving on Dombele another season, but he clearly isn't a Mourinho midfielder. He will never give 100% for 90 minutes. Do we do a deal now or allow this to become a circus all season with the media? I mean, Lee, what's your thoughts on Dombele? What's going to happen with this situation? What was your thoughts on his performance? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I think that, you know, it's a friendly game. It's the first time he's played in, you know, God knows how long. He got 45 minutes under his belt. You know, t today was really about just getting minutes in his legs. Uh, you know, so I'm not judging him on today's performance per se at all. I think for me, I've been pretty consistent with uh, with Tungai in what I've said. And, and, I, and I'll say it again, you know, it's all about his attitude for me. And if he wants to be at the football club, then I think... 100% we've got an amazing talent there and we should try and nurture it and get the best out of him at least for another year uh, I think I made the comparison on Twitter a couple of weeks ago to Human Son you know after his first season he was he was banging on the manager's door asking him to go back to Germany um, I think he scored four goals in 21 games or 24 games uh, Son did in the Premier League um, or uh, you know, or, or twenty uh, four goals in twenty games. Sorry, um, and you know everybody. If you go back on the Twitter timelines, about everyone's going, oh, what a waste of money, twenty seven million, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. You know, you know what Twitter's like. Everyone, uh, all the listeners are on Twitter. Yeah, you, you know what it can be like yeah, at some yeah, stage. Yeah. So, so I think you know, from a balanced view, and I'm sure you two are going to get into it in a minute with your debate. But on a balanced view, you know, I, I think that if he wants to be at the football club. Then, then you know, there's no doubt the guy, the guy's a talent, and we need to try and nurture that talent out, and maybe look, use that that year. It's gone, it's done now, isn't it? So we can always talk about that year that's just gone past, but it's done. Oh, he should have done this, should have done yeah, but it's done. So, so we are where we are now. I think on the other side of the coin, again from a balanced view, is that if he doesn't want to be there, um, and is that, and it, it feels like he doesn't. You know, I have to say, when he strolls around a pitch, when he doesn't do anything, he's never come out and said anything publicly. Did it feel like that, that all today take... as well? Did that feel like you for that today as yeah. well? Did you feel that as well? Or yeah, look, look. To be honest, I thought we looked fitter. I thought uh, I thought that he was putting tackles in that that maybe I haven't seen him do before. Um, I, I think that you know it's a little bit like Bur Burbs when Berbatov played for us. Sometimes it felt like he didn't care, but then all of a sudden he just do something magnificent. You'd be like, oh my god, you know, this is just the way he is. You know, he's languishing. He didn't train very well but on a football pitch he was a bit of a genius and I think that's maybe the type of individual character that Tungo Dumbele is the, the problem with, with us fans and the listeners is that we haven't seen that yet we think that it's in there but we don't know that for a fact because we haven't really seen it and then, then look at his background that he was you know he was out of a club for a while and he was moved on because of uh, because of um, you know laziness almost and you think you know I'm seeing the same thing so it's a really difficult one I think the, the other part of the question that you, you asked me was you know do we move him on I also think that the, the, this this year and um, you know so, some of the bits that we're seeing about uh, the the insights now that we're, we're seeing behind the scenes hasn't really done him any favors so so if you're a 
you know, six months ago, a Barcelona were reportedly interested. I mean, they're in a complete and utter mess. Messy mess. Yeah, see what I did there. <laughs> but they're, they're in a Barcelona complete and utter mess. And been done before, clearly. Um, they're, they're in a complete and utter mess. So, you know, you, you look at who, I'm not saying who will take him, but if if there's something like Fabrizio Romano on, on the pod last week with you and James talked about maybe a swap deal with, uh, I'm murdering these names. Sorry, Scranra, I think it is, isn't it? Scran- Scranra, the centre-back. Scranra, yeah. Scranra, yeah. I didn't do too bad there. Too bad. Um, you know, m- maybe you kind of go, well, look, if it's a position we need to strengthen and we're never going to get the best out of Tungri, then maybe what we do is we do that deal and we, and we, and we move on. Um, I think there's, there's, a, there's also a lot of Spurs fans that says, you know, He's our record signing, so it's absolutely it's quite embarrassing, isn't it? If we it don't is, get the best it's out. It's embarrassing. Of him. But, yeah. but 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 equally, he's got to want to be like Spurs you fans that say, yeah. yeah, if you don't want to be it, yeah. he's overweight, he ain't worked hard enough, and all of his if fifty thousand representatives that he's got are always saying a different story, then it's never going to work. And who cares if he does it brilliantly somewhere else? He ain't doing it brilliantly for us, and and therefore move him on. So I'm on the fence I, personally. For me, it's all about. Does he want to be there? And and unfortunately, like 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 I think we said before about Christian Eriksen, there's only one person when you're having that conversation in the room, Jose and, and Dumbele, whatever, just feels like they're completely disengaged. And, and and there's only one person in that room that knows if they want to be at the football club, and that's Tunga himself. So he has to be the one that says, "Do you know what? I'm here." I'm gonna. Do, I've got a six-year contract. I'm I'm highly paid. I'm gonna smash this, and I'm gonna be a superstar. But that is a big, big question mark, um, guys and, and listeners, because I haven't seen that attitude him in yet. So the jury's still out, I'm afraid. Jace, here we go then. Me and you, round one, new season, new start. We've been here before. We'll be here again. Ding, ding, boys. Ding, let's ding. go, let's go. I mean, Jace, can I just say firstly, I mean, when I look at that first half performance, for me, I thought it was quite tidy stuff early on. He grew in confidence as the half were on. And I did see some progressive forward passing. You know, of course, listen, there needs to be more done on the front foot with his talent. And, you know, I've never hid on that. But, you know, his fitness is well behind the others. But he needs to show, I think, what he can do. He only got the 45 minutes. I mean, I'm not sure what we, more we can expect out of a 45-minute display, Jay. Yeah, he has just recovered from He has just recovered from the coronavirus. He has had the coronavirus. Well, well, that's the strange thing. Because if he had it, why didn't he quarantine for two weeks? He was playing seven days later. So, you know, the, the whole thing seems a bit strange to me. But, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't feature in the first couple of friendlies either, did he? Which was before he had coronavirus. So there's no reason for his fitness to be significantly behind everyone else in the group unless they've, unless he picked up an in, a genuine injury. So, and as far as I know, that isn't the case. But he was, he was tidy for a, a couple of bits, but he was also slow to track back. And I think the, the big problem with him is, you know, whilst, whilst Lee's right, Sonny had his problems in the, in his first season. And it's not unusual for players to have problems in their first season. Ryan Sessignon had problems in his first season. But it's that just that basic desire that you look at the player and today you think, come on, show me that desire. Even if you make a mistake, you, I mean, we talked about Sirkin. He makes mistakes, but, you know, the desire is in him, isn't it? But Ndombele, you looked at him and you thought, come on, grab it by the scruff of the neck. It's your chance today. Players are away. It's Everton next week. Show me you want to be in that Premier League starting game next week. And I didn't see that. And that's the worry. There's, there's no question of his talent. We can all see that. I think even the, his, his critics, nobody criticises him for his talent because you can see it's in abundance. But you have to show talent 
for more than five minutes once a month in a Premier League game. And, you know, we, um, we've seen reports today in the newspapers of a confrontation between Danny Rose and, um, and uh, Jose Mourinho, where Danny Rose has, has obviously gone into an office and banged on the door and said, why aren't I playing? And you think, you know, is Tongi Ndombele really doing that? Is he really knocking on the door and showing in training that he wants to play? And everyone will make their judgment on the Danny Rose thing. And, you know, I'm a massive critic. But at least the desire in him is to play. And that's the worry with Ndombele. And for me, I know you keep saying you, you worry that he'll be a baller elsewhere. I don't care if he becomes a baller elsewhere. What I care about is, is he going to become a baller for Tottenham? And if he isn't, let's get somebody in who will be a baller for Tottenham. And if they become a baller for Tottenham, who cares then if he goes on and does become a baller for Barcelona or Bayern Munich? As long as we get a baller of our own, mm. somebody that wants to be there, yeah. then absolutely fantastic for no, us. No, I understand and what so you're saying. I don't yeah. fear losing him. Cool, I agree with that. I mean, great somewhere mm. else. No, I, listen, I agree with that, Jace. Yeah. Listen, I think the, listen, the most important thing to this for argument sure. is that if he wants to be here, and this is the key that we don't know, I don't know, you don't know, and, you know, as fans, we don't know this. Only the player knows it, and Mourinho knows whether he wants to be here or not. If he wants to be here, then I want to give him that second season. Because what I couldn't quite understand, say, look, I'm talking from the perspective here for a second that the player wants to be here, right? That when I see people having a go at him for that first half display, for me, there was no better, there was no worse player for me in that first half. And when I see people judging a player's ability on whether he deserves to remain at the football club on the basis of a 45-minute appearance in a pre-season friendly for a guy we've spent £65 million on, to me, that sounds absolutely insane. It sounds absolutely insane. And obviously, I'm talking from the perspective... Yeah, that, 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 is, that is crazy. And, and, that and is I'm talking from the perspective that he wants to be here. But listen, that, but... listen, if he wants to be here, and this is the key that, again, I have to emphasise, we don't know this. If he wants to be here, then I want us to be able to find a way of managing him. And again, I know Mourinho in the past when he's managed the likes of Salah and he's managed the likes of De Bruyne, it hasn't quite worked out. And when I say, Jace, you know, he's allowed world-class players to slip through his fingers and you turn around and say to me that you're not worried about him being world-class elsewhere. I'm talking from the perspective that if he wants to be here and we're going to let him go, I've got absolutely no doubt that, you know, the talent this guy's got, he will go, as I keep saying, a reference, a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, and be a superstar. But the very key to your point, and you're totally right, is that we need to know if he wants to be here. And unfortunately, that's not a question that we know right now. So, listen, if he wasn't want to, if he if he doesn't want to be here, absolutely fine. Move him on, get Jenny. a fee, go and get yeah. another camming. We need a, we need another central attacking midfielder, don't we? We need to get yeah. someone into fill yeah. that role. And- and I think today he played like a deep line in midfield player, didn't he? You know, he, he was playing like where Hoiberg will play, essentially. He didn't he didn't get up really up, right up top and start influencing. You know, there were some flicks and there's some some good through balls or, or some, some some touches and stuff. I think the only way that we can kind of make a comparison and, you know, for all of the, the listeners, and thank you again for listening all the time for the last one on Spurs and the last sports shows that we've done, but we, we talked, you know, a year ago, 18 months about the contract levels. Uh, obviously, Ndombele wasn't a contract rebel. Um, but I'm going to make this comparison is that look at the, the behaviour of the people that have left the club or want, wanting seamlessly to leave the club. 
and you know how how they act or how they have been or how they performed. And does 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 Tunga and Dembele kind of fit into that category? Like you you could easily see that you know even on some of the the insights that we've seen on the first three episodes of All or Nothing that you know Christian Eriksen was still professional, right? But he wanted to leave. Right? Do you know what I mean? He publicly come out and said it. Oh yeah, he's publicly come out and said he wanted to leave. Toby wasn't going to sign a new contract. Um, before Jose's uh, come, and he, he all but said them them same thing. So the point I'm making is that you know, you, you, can we make a judgment based on does he want to be here or not? No, because we we we're not going to speak to him directly. But actually, does his body language, does his attitude, does the way things going, does it feel to, to you guys and to listeners, does it feel like he wants to be there? And to me, it don't feel like he does. No, like, I, I hope I'm wrong, but it doesn't feel it like doesn't, he does. I'm, it, I'm still defending the bloke. Listen, it's the worst thing in the world because I know you guys are telling me, Rick, just give up. Just give up. And you're right. I mean, no, I maybe. No, I don't I want should. to give up because of the Son thing. Yeah. Look at Son. The, yeah, the difference with Son, right, is, Son. is, 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 is he, he clearly, no, you say he wanted to be there. He went in, and this is this has been confirmed to, by he all the sources. To leave. But he, he wanted, wanted to leave. leave. Yeah, he, he did. actually wanted he did. to leave. He did. So, so you know, did he want to be there? Well, no, because he wanted to leave. But, exactly. but look what happened to Son, and he's yeah. and he's world class. Yeah. So, so look, it's, it is a difficult. The difference, the difference, though, Lee, was that in in that first season with Sonny, we were questioning whether he had the ability mm. to do yeah. it at the Premier League. Nobody, but nobody, ever questioned. Does he His have attitude. the desire? Does he have yeah, the attitude? that's true. Exactly, it's and so that's, important. That's the big thing with Ndombele. It's it's yeah. the attitude. Because again, we all think the talent is there. We all want it to work out. We're all desperate to see him play well. But you have to have the attitude and the desire. And one thing you can see from the the signings that we've made, and you can see from the the first three the first three episodes, desire, attitude, and those types of things are exactly what Mourinho is looking for. Yeah, it, it is massive. And from the outside, we've seen nothing. I think we will probably see. In what in in the episode seven to nine, at some stage where the COVID starts, I'm sure they'll make reference to the day he got caught on the common with him, and it will be, you know, Josie's decided to to go and meet up with Ndombele, and we'll see hopefully a genuine discussion or or something between the two of them, and and that might give us a bigger impression. But it's mm-hmm. it's the desire that you seriously have to question, and I and I get what. What John also says, let's not forget, we're paying him £200,000 a week. Yeah, on same as Kane. Kane. And when you look at what Sonny's giving us and... And what, what even what, Moses is so even, even someone like Tanganga, even like someone Tanganga that's giving us Tanganga is on £20,000, pound wage. It's crazy. That's got to have an effect, isn't it, on on your teammates? Of course it has. You know, so, yeah. Say it's us, say us three, we're all working a team together, yeah. and you know that I don't know. So Rick, you're getting you're the boss, right? So you're getting paid more than what me and Jason are, but we're working yeah. harder than you. We're doing whatever, you yeah. know. Or we, we're all doing the same job, but we're working harder. You're getting paid more. It's going to have an effect on us, Jason, isn't it, Rick? It's, and and, and it, it can't be any different. And I think one of the things that you know the uh, all. Nothing documentary so far has shown us is that you know the players are just normal human beings, they aren't are. they? Yeah, you know, we put them up; they, they're just normal. Yeah. And 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 actually, that's that's what I've really learned out of it so far. And actually, when you put them in the normal world, that you know, it, it, it kind of just as a as a normal being, yeah, that would affect them. Uh, so hang on a minute. We make made reference to this with the Aaron Ramsey and Mesut Ozil situation. I know it's a different situation, but he's playing PlayStation on three hundred fifty grand a week, and, and Ramsey's banging goals and doing assists and playing well. Mm. I know we're talking about the the, the Gooners, obviously. But you know, when when they come to offer him a new contract, he wants three hundred fifty grand a week. And why wouldn't he want that? They, the club say no, and then he ends up going on a free to, uh, to Juve. So, you know, it's a very very you know, 
to coin a phrase from Daniel Levy, it's, it's complex. These transfers yeah, are complex, but are. it's not that complex. This is actually quite easy. Do you want to be at this football club? No. Right, off you trot then. Yeah. Go and get some money for him. That, that would be my worry, is how much money can we get back from him? Well, that, that's yeah, Because, you know, you keep yeah. holding on to these assets because yeah. you want to get the best amount of money for them or you want them to, to turn around. Mm. And all of a sudden, they run out of being an asset and then you have to let them go for 20 million, like we did with Christian Eriksen. No, if we'd have sold no. Christian Eriksen when, when our very own Jamie said, like, sell him, like the Coutinho deal, you'd have got over 100 million for Christian. So decisions around recruitment, we've talked about this, recruitment, the strategy, and the decision-making process, you know, we've got to get it right. You, know, this, you can't procrastinate on the Tungundan Ballet, but equally, you've got to know if he wants to be there, he's definitely worth uh, persevering and coaching and getting brilliance out of. But if he comes into your office and says, I don't want to be here, you've got to get rid of him and you've got to use the money that you can get for him to go and strengthen in the areas that we need. That's what Liverpool did with the I whole mean, thing. I, I might and be, look at yeah, where they've gone. I think you're rightly, but I might be naive here, but I'm thinking, would Mourinho even give him minutes if he doesn't want to be here? That's the only thing I'm thinking of because he's the kind of manager that wouldn't really care about a player if he's not going to be you know, being given minutes. Why is he giving him minutes if he's not part of his plans for next week? Listen, he might not start, don't get me but, wrong. But, he will, but the thing is, Rick, in my, this is obviously just my to, personal opinion, yeah. but... but, but, but Mourinho would give him minutes if he wanted to be there. Because I think the biggest problem that Mourinho's got with any player is the attitude, like what Jason just said, the attitude and behaviour. If you're not in it, if you don't want to be here, if you're not in it to win, like if you don't want to do it as a family, is the, is the, is, the, is, is what they're saying, isn't it, on the, um, you know, as part of their team. If you don't want to be part of that... Yep. Then, then you know you're not. You, it's the crazy train, mate. It's the biggest. Yeah, it's the biggest reference I can make. It's so if true. you don't want to get on a crazy train, get off. Yeah, but so we are true. crazy. We're driving this train. Get on it. I think as well. I think Mourinho wants him to be a success. I think he sees him and he thinks. You know, you think of the powerhouse player that say a Michael Essien was for Chelsea. If, if you look at the powerhouse player that he could be and the talent that he's got. I think Mourinho would love that in his football club because he he would be a Mourinho-style player. But you've got to have the attitude and the desire, and particularly when you don't have the ball. And, you know, even with Watford's goal where they break, there's no desire to get... It's, it's certainly not his fault, the, the, the no, first no, goal. No, it's definitely not his fault. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. but, no. but when you look at him in the bottom of the picture, there's no desire to get back... And, and and get his body back in but their penalty My, my only thing is, Jace, on that, I mean, is there desire from other players? That That's the only thing I would say, because, again, a lot of the other players there, there isn't much desire. But because it's on Dumbele and because he's 60 million, I really do feel like he's highlighted a lot. And, listen, I get what you're saying. I, I totally get what you're saying, but I do feel this debate, it can run and run and run, and we must move the script on. We well, must do. No, you're right, but just, I mean, in terms of desire, what desire did Sonny show to run 80 yards yeah. in the last minute of the no, game to kick right. one off the line? No, you're, you're right. You're right. No, listen, you're right. You can't, you can't dress true. it up. It's so true. I must mention quickly, Jack Clark coming round to you, Lee, because he was the brightest of the half-time subs. We saw subs come on. Yeah. We saw Gazaniga replacing Hart, one fourth replacing Sirkin, Clark coming on for Ndombele. Watford had a real cut, a big chance actually early in that second half. But Clark was the brightest of the half-time subs. He made a really good run down the right goal in between two, two challenges and played a terrific ball across the line, which resulted in a blocked Lamella shot, faded as the half wore on. But I think he could yeah. show that he can be a real threat. We've got a question in here, Lee, from... This is from Stephen JR at Stephen JR 1991, who wants to know which youngster has played himself into Mourinho's first-team plans or first-team squad ahead of next season from what you've seen in the pre-season. 
Cool, brilliant question. Yeah, I was quite critical of um, of Jack Clark on his first appearance. I think it was against Ipswich. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of the fans, uh, the listeners, and, and and actually you boys on the on the WhatsApp were saying, yeah, yeah, he's, he had a good game. I was I thought he was a little bit below par. Um, but I, I thought today, he had, again, it was it was you can't really say it was brilliant on anyone to be fair. But you know, he had he had spurts of being good, some good crosses in the box, dropping the shoulder, not not afraid to take somebody on. Uh, which, you know, let's be honest, that is a kind of a Spurs-type player, isn't it? That's the, that's the likes of uh, uh, individuals that, work, that we like to see at the club, sorry. So, you know, I, I think that he's he's, he's probably going to be in and around that 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 squad if he doesn't go out on loan for, like Jace mentioned earlier, the Carabao Cup-type games in the uh, early rounds of, of the Europa League and whatever. Um, I think Harvey White done pretty well to, today. I quite he, he reminded me a little bit of people that we've had in, in, in that midfield area in the past, like a Ryan Mason or, you know, pe- people of that kind of level that, that you know, don't get me wrong, that are not kind of like absolute superstars in, in that in that position, but but actually could do a really good, strong job for us. Um, and again, we've talked about Dennis Serkin quite uh, quite heavily. I think he's a, not, he's a good player. He's going to be a nice player. Um, but again, there's, there's, there's some work to do there. I think the other person that wasn't involved because he was in uh, under 21s uh, and scored actually yesterday is, is Ryan Sessignon. Um I, I do think that that through the pre-season, he, he can go missing in games as well. I don't mean that rudely to him because, again, he's only a youngster as well. But you know, if he just gets a bit of confidence, I think he could be the one that would, would provide us a backup on that left-hand side. Yeah. I don't like Moore on the left. I've, I've got to mm. be honest with you. I don't think he, he works very well that side. I, I, I would personally would like to see as a setup Bergwin and Mora in, in terms of fighting for that right hand side. Son and Sessignon fighting for that left hand side. Um, you know, in, in them types of positions. And then and, and then therefore he's paid himself into the side for me. I I think Sess could have a good season, if I'm honest. We need him to, don't we? I mean, this is the key. If we're not going to buy a left back, then we need Sess to we really do. kind of improve yeah, I'm, and push I'm not on. Sure, yeah, I'm not sure if players are left back, but I think that I left think wing the, back, maybe, the, the maybe way, left yeah. wing back could be the option. I, I, th- I think he might be an understudy for the for the left wing or the the left sided third uh, yeah. third player, like where Son plays. Mm. You know, again, Chase makes an amazing point earlier with Ben Davis. Like he ain't going to play 50, 55 games on his own, is he, Ben Davis? And Son's going to be the same situation. He ain't going to play fifty five games, so we're going to have to have some sort of understudy. Yeah. We have got some options there with with Berge, with Milt Mora. With, um, uh, with with Son, with Sessignon. Uh, you know, you've still got Lamella at the club. Although, unfortunately, I know. Congratulations to to, to Eric on, on the on the birth of his second child in that this week. But you know, I think that you know he's either got to nail down a place as a you know a number ten or attacking midfielder type player who's going to be uh, challenging a Deli Ali and a Lo Celso or an Dembele if we can get a tune out of him in that particular in that in that particular role. Um, or, or, or he's put, he, may, he may need to be moved on from a um, uh, from a money perspective and an overseas player point of view. But you know, I think for me that from the youngsters' perspective, the future's but I'm gutted, like I said earlier, that we haven't seen Jaffet um, mm. at all in the preseason because I think that he, for, for me, he walks into the um, into that back line either as a starter, um, uh, you know, as a centre back or backup right back now because we've got Doherty and and we've still got Sergio as well. And I'm not convinced that we're going to sell him either. Um, I, I don't know what's changed my mind. I'm not. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. I'm saying I'm not convinced that we will, um, which will give us some strength and depth. But I, I would like to see Jaffet, um in the team. So I suppose 
to sum that question up, who's going to break through to the for the first team? If you count in Jaffa out because he's already done it, I'll probably say yeah, I'd say probably Cess and Sirkin will get minutes for sure. I think he'd get quite a lot of game time. Okay, come around to you, Jace. Huminson, captain for the day. He had a chance moments after Watford's opener, but the keeper saved. But plenty of winning runs, but no service. Fired his penalty home really well, sending the keeper the wrong way. And as you mentioned in reference, he made an incredible 90-second minute run to clear an effort off his own line after Watford broke with Gazaniga up the pitch for a corner, which gained, like I say, some real recognition for his performance. I mean, Huminson, he's been good during this preseason. Jace kept on scoring, kept on being a willing runner. Is he going into the season on perfect form for you? He's the bright spark, really, of, of pre-season. He's, he's looked the sonny, we all know who he is. And I think that, that run at the end, to, to clear off his own line, shows everything about his desire and, and his fitness. He's, he's absolutely ready to go. He's, you know, he hasn't got caught up with international football in this, in this period. I think he missed, missed games last year. So I think he's, he's absolutely ready to go. And I think he knows it's a, a really big season for him. And, you know, he'll be, he'll be central to everything we do this season, that's for sure. And also a player we have to mention, Eric Lamella, did show some usual energy, but didn't really have the people to pass to as his fellow attacking midfielders' movement was really lacking for long periods. His real his own quality, when they did, it just really wasn't there for him. He had a shot that was blocked from six yards early in the second half, and then another one palmed away by the keeper. He did win the penalty, though, that got Spurs back in that game. But I think one of the questions, Lee, that has come up is about you know the backup keeper situation, because Paolo Gazaniga, he came on for that second half. He will say he had an early lob from Queener covered and made a comfortable save later on, but was caught up the pitch for a corner in the final seconds. And I know you're going to probably mention about Sonny and the miraculous work he did to get back there. But, I mean, where are we now on this backup keeper situation? Because Hart, on the back of that first half where, let's be honest about it, you said yourself it was a clanger. Gazaniga not looking too confident either. Where are you in terms of Europa League, Carabao Cup? Who's your keeper for that? It's a difficult one. It's, it's almost a toss-up of a coin. I mean, I think with the attitude, the winning mentality, you know, the vocals that we've heard from Joe Hart, you know, you could put him him in goal um, for, for, for that backup. And then you could put Gazaniga's been a really good backup, right? So, um, you know, you, you could put him in there. But, you know, I, I lambasted Joe Hart earlier for, for having a clangor, but also Gazaniga, although he looks amazing. Uh, you know, when you look at him, don't you? You just think, wow, you know, look, look at how, how well you look, Gazaniga. Um, I've got a bit of man love for Gazaniga, but you know, although it looks great, you know, he's also got a clang on him as well. Um, I thought it was really interesting to see when Hugo's playing under Jose and Joe Hart's playing under Jose, everyone pushes up. As soon as Gazaniga goes in goal, they're, they're going to play out from the back again. That's a great so point. The, the, yeah, the, very good Because if you watch, if you watch that, it's exactly mm. what they do. So yeah. I, it might depend on it might depend on you know the the opponent. Look. Spurs, for some reason, under different managers as well, so that's why I say for some reason, they always fancy playing three goalkeepers. We've done it two, three seasons on the trot, and and you can probably see that happening this year as well, if Gasly doesn't go go out. Um, I'd be surprised if we keep... Um, I think John made a really good point on the pod a couple of weeks back. He says it's absolutely critical that the younger, goal for, uh, the younger goalkeepers, uh, Whiteman, um, and the likes actually go out on loan now so they can start to get their development. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have like basically four or five goalkeepers and, and only two of them are ever going to play. So I think it's a bit of a toss-up between between the two of them. If I'm honest, I think that I, I, I don't... Again, I'm just going to tell how it is, actually. I don't like being the backup. 
Like, I don't like that word being a backup. If I was a goalkeeper and I was a number two, my my goal would be to be number one. And 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 that is what it would be because that's just that's the way just I'm wired. That's just you, isn't it? That's, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah that's that's yeah, fair yeah. enough. But yeah. so that's why my belief is that I can't understand why somebody would just want to sit there and be a number two, yeah. and certainly not be a number three. So 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 for me, I, you know, when you look at Gazaniga, he was a number two and he was happy to be a number two at Southampton, and then he's you know he's come to Tottenham and he's happy to be a number two. I, I just think that you know Joe Hart in the back of his mind, I think again I don't know this, but I think he's come to Tottenham thinking I, I can have this here. I've got something to prove and I can have it. And, and unfortunately for Joe, he's, he's, he's had a bit of a stinker today, but I don't know, Rick. I mean, I, I would probably go with Joe Hart. If, if you're going to push me, I'd say probably Joe Hart as a number two. Okay, fine. Jase, come around to you. I mean, tell us your thoughts on that keeper debate. And also, Sir Juria got up and down the right, but didn't really have a, a, a target to hit at the box at the most. And his quality was really lacking. Tell us about what you think about the goalkeeper and Oria. Will he still be a Spurs player? when that transfer window shuts, Jace? In terms of the keeper, it wouldn't surprise me if Gazaniga does move on. Um, I just get that feeling that, that perhaps it's time for him to, that if he gets a, a decent offer from a club that says to him, you know, come and be a number one goalkeeper, that he, he will take that chance. But if not, I kind of think that you'll see one of them in the Europa League and one of them in those early Carabao Cups. And we haven't quite decided yet which who's the number two and who's the number three. So, I think they'll both get games early on if he's still here. In terms of Aurea, you're right. There wasn't many targets to hit. But, you know, so often when he did cross it, it was, was ridiculously long or just couldn't beat the first man. So, you know, it doesn't matter. Even if Kane was in there, nothing would have reached Kane either. So his his delivery was appalling today. Um, like Lee, I, I'm hopeful that they'll reach a deal with, with Aurea because I think... It, it probably is time to do something. I'd like to see another right-back come in, that's for sure. But um, there only seems to be one interested club at the moment and they don't seem to be playing anywhere near what Tottenham wants. So I think Lee's right. We, we could well be that the window eventually closes and, and Oria's still there. And if, if he's the, the backup right-back, then at least we've got a backup right-back. But um, you know the, the, the faults in his game... You know, what, what did Josie call him? He was a shit marker at corners and things. And, you know, those things are still going to be inside him, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, they are. I mean, they yeah. are. Just got American Fair. reference to a couple of other Fair. players before we've got some final questions to finish on. I think we should say Harvey White, tidy, tigerish performance in the centre of the pitch in that anchor role. Kept pace mm. with Gray to make a silent tackle early on. That not only put the Watford man right in front of goal, but also culminated in him going off injured and came off in the final 10 minutes but not only until after picking out Lamella with a ball that led to the penalty. Deli Alley, to be fair, struggled to make much of an impact in that first half despite Spurs' possession and his passing was poor for much of that game. Nowhere near the performance against Reading a week ago. Lucas Moura, I mean, let's be honest about it, offered very little for I Spurs. We, I think we should also say about Deli, if that's a Premier League game, he saw a red today. No yeah, doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, I think yeah, that, no, yeah, no, no, no question tackle. about that. It's a I think, I think Deli, I think... Yeah, I think I think Delhi's head was in uh, was in Iceland somewhere. You know, I think he sees his mates going off to England and thinks that he should be there. And, and you know, he's got to play himself into that. I think he's been superb. You know, I love him, but today yeah. he was poor. 
Yeah, no, that's fair. And Lucas, he was Moura... frustrated today. You could see he was frustrated, wasn't he? Yeah, that's, no, that's he, why I put him in that, that he, challenge. He, he played with frustration. Like I say, the, the boys mm. mentioned there, the challenge wasn't good at all. Wasn't really good at all, and it would have been a red card. Lucas Mora offered very little for Spurs. Ran into Watford players when he did get the ball. Typical Lucas. Sal Lamella for a chance in the second half, but like Ali, really struggled and ran fourth, replaced Sirkin in an unfamiliar left back role in that second half. Looked quite composed as he normally does on the ball. Looked to link up play, continuously playing forward pass. Looked solid enough at the back without much to do, but it'll be interesting to see again if one four of his future is still at Tottenham. Now, just some questions to finish on, guys, because just to wrap these up, we've got a question in here from Chai, who says, do we all feel across the panel we need another creative midfielder? So lacking, especially with Gio out at the moment in terms of not featuring in pre-season and out of form Tungi on Dombele. Now, just before we answer that question, we don't quite understand the reason why the likes of Jaffet and Gio haven't got minutes. Um, it's a bit of a blind spot at the moment, so if we do find out, we shall let you know. But um, what's our thoughts, chaps, on this cam role, this central attacking midfielder? Are we all of the same mm. opinion that we need to bring one in very quickly? Just a yes or no on this, Lee. Would you be gutted if the window shuts and we haven't sorted that out? I wouldn't be gutted if we didn't bring one in because I think we've got potential for Ndombele, Lo Celso, Deli, and even Lamella to be that. Right, I'm not okay. saying they're good enough, all of yep. them are good enough, but you know some of them are definitely good enough okay. if we can get a tune out of them. Five. So I would, you know, our next position that we sign is not going to be a central attacking midfielder, in my opinion. It has to be a striker. striker. Yeah. It has to be a striker. Yeah, fine. Jace, just a yes or no on this for you. Do we need to sign a central attacking midfielder before this window shuts? Ideally, yes. Okay, fine. Right, we've got some final questions to finish on. I think, just to maybe emphasise this point, listen, Spurs do need to sign a striker. I think we said at the start of the show, we're going to say at the end of the show here, if Spurs do not sign a striker in this window, it is absolutely criminal. It cannot happen. Spurs cannot leave this window without a striker. Whether it's a foreign player, whether it's a proven Premier League player, Spurs have to bring in a striker. We want someone that's going to be there, like Leah said, to genuinely offer competition for Kane. Not a backup, not an alternative, someone to come in and genuinely believe they can challenge Harry Kane. Just to make that point. Right. Cookie says, I'm not sure the four friendlies have shown Jose what our strongest eleven should be to start the season. Who starts as our centre-back pairing against Everton? Who plays alongside Pierre in the heart of the midfield? Mora or Bergwijn to play wide right? Any ideas, lads? Let's make this very, very quickly on this point. Lee, what's your centre-back pairing for Everton? Uh, I think my centre-back pairing is, depending on how he comes with the internationals, it's Dyer and Toby. Okay. For me personally, it would be Sanchez and Alderweireld, even though I do think he likes Dyer a lot. Jace, what's your centre-back pairing for Everton? I go with three at the back, so they all th- all three of them would play for me. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, three different formations, boys. And then Love it. in the, in the heart of the midfield, alongside Pierre, we are going to look at Everton probably in more detail next week. But mm. who do we think is going to be playing alongside Pierre? I mean, I'd love to sit here and say on Dombele. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm probably going to sit here and say it'll probably be Sissoko and Winks. What what do you think, Lee? I think it would be Delhi and um, Lo Celso. Okay, Jace, who do you think's alongside Pierre in midfield against Everton? Uh, Delhi. Okay, and then we. But you know, I've I've got three four three, haven't I? So yeah. uh, mm. I think there's only room for one. So yeah, I I, I think he will, will go with Delhi. Yeah. Okay, fine, no problem at all. And then Mora or Bergvine to play wide right. Who are we preferring? I'm probably going to say Bergvine. That's just my opinion. Lee, who do you prefer, Mora or uh, Bergvine, or both? I'd go with Bergvine. 
okay. uh, for me. He's a classy player, isn't he? Yep, Scored again good. yesterday's Ralph Holland. Yeah, yeah good, good finish as well. Jace, who are you going for? Wide right. I'd pick Bergvine, but he'll go Mora. Okay. Yeah, fine. I agree with that. We've got a very similar question from Daily Disney Takes, who actually asked the same question. So, Daily, I hope that's answered your question. Ben Taylor says, who is fit for next week? Well, to be honest, Ben, at the moment, I think it's difficult for us to give you that verdict until we see the players that come through the international break. And then, hopefully, by next week, we will be doing some form of a show ahead of a, a preview against Everton. So, we'll be able to give you a bit more definitive on where Spurs are ahead of that game against Everton. But we've got another show coming with you guys in under 48 hours. We are looking and reviewing back at episodes four to six. I'm right in saying four to six of Amazon. Yeah. Um, I can tell you guys already, we've actually watched them. We've been very, very lucky on the last one on Spurs here to have early access to those shows. So we've already... It's storming, isn't it? It is storming. It's, it's I crazy. It. I mean, all Absolutely I will say to you guys, it. I know you don't want to have any spoilers at all, but... I think it's important to say that some of the conceptions you had on some players will come to light. That's all we're saying. I promise you that's all you're going to get from us. We don't want to spoil it for you. Listen, you'll absolutely love it when it comes out. Watch it and then come back to us for the review. And I'm sure, like I say, hopefully we'll get ourselves right, stuck into that, and you'll enjoy our thoughts on that. So we're going to leave you with that for the moment. Big shows to come. Thank you so much for all your support. We've had the wonderful show with Fabrizio Romano. If you haven't checked that out, where have you been? My God, it's literally gone crazy, that show. The last transfer 48 guru, hours, Absolutely honestly. Guy was show. sitting there reading super. out the transfer names. Jason stepped aside from transfers. Jamie Brown has stepped in. He's more than capable and more than happy to do it. And obviously, Lee McQueen, we've got some special shows coming up with Lee very, very soon. But, Jace, pleasure to have you back on. Not sure when the next time will be or who the manager will be, but thanks, Jace. That's all right, mate. I'm just off to Milan. <laughs> we're going to leave you with that line face, fantastic baby. what a line to leave you with that will make more sense when you watch the Amazon doc I tell you I promise you the wonderful Lee McQueen on the last one on Spurs joining us for the Amazon review in under 48 hours yes perfect thanks for being back on and uh, listeners keep safe and uh, we'll talk soon we will talk soon guys keep safe keep the faith and like I say it's only pre-season it is only a training exercise don't get carried away. It's all opinions. It's all good. Have a great weekend, guys. And as always, come on, you Spurs. You said that people have perceptions of you. What do they say? The guy never smiles. The guy is ruthless. And what's the truth? The truth is that there is some truth on it. <laughs> Nothing can replace a feeling of playing football at this level. The team is the engine of the club. We've got an amazing squad here. Oh, leave it out. <laughs> It's only the second time that I get a job in mid-season. Never seen someone covered Twitter, Instagram. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> if you make a lot of noise, I give one more day off. What happened to us this season is impossible. The last thing Spurs need right now. I'll that. Tottenham are out. We are on shutdown. Coronavirus has led to the cancellation of all football. Well, the team are good guys. But good guys, they never win. Play aggressive. How is that right? Play, please. And believe that you can win. Courage, honesty, friendship. 
That's the most important thing in life and in football. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.